The Pursy One Podcast, Season 1, Episode 1. Welcome everyone to this absolutely brand new podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and during the course of next week and months, this podcast will provide you season re and previews from professional cycling. Obviously, for these occasions, you need a guest, and it's my honor to, to present you tonight's guest, uh, Nuno Silva, one of the founding members of the Cycling Predict Portugal site. Um, welcome, Nuno. Uh, thanks for joining me for tonight's show. Thank you. Welcome, all of you who are listening to us. Thank you again for inviting me to this show. It's an honor to be here, and uh, I hope it will be very good, very fun. Yeah, first guest, first first occasion. It's it's always a special one. Um, how are you? Um, it's been only a week since Lombardia finished. Uh, it was a very, very hectic season with full of events. But personally, what was your favorite during during this 2022? Yeah, we have a lot of amazing moments. Uh, I remember, for example, Matthew van der Poel victory at Tour de Flanders, where we had that amazing exhibition by Tadej Pogacar. And then uh, in a sprint, Matthew van der Poel wins. It was, for me, it was one of my favorites. How can anyone forget that, that, like... <laughs> that sprint when Pogacar just smacked his bike, uh, knowing that he was, it was a very good chance to become a legend. Um, I have heard that you have experienced some races personally. I did. Uh, what were those? Which stage it was? And uh, how it was, basically, how it was. It was a, a weekend at Weta. Me and uh, some friends went to Asturias and we watched it live to mountain stage. It, it was stage nine, I think, stage of Nava, those big climb. And uh, oh, that yeah. was that, that was seriously difficult. It was like... We climbed that mountain uphill on, on foot. foot. Yeah. Oh. And it was. It must have been uh, really difficult there. It was so <laughs> difficult. You can't imagine that. So, so difficult. It was like uh, one or two hours of uh, climbing. It was so difficult. But that climb is only like four, four kilometers long. Like it's, it's, it's not a, not a, a, a long climb, but, but still it's, it's so hard. It's so demanding, like with 14% of, yeah. of gradients. Yeah, it was amazing. So it, it was amazing. It's, it's expressional. Like the the atmosphere, how was the atmosphere? Because I'm I'm really curious about how like, because we all know that Spanish people are are crazy about cycling, uh, but how it was like how it was seeing it in person. It was very good. <laughs> I remember all people cheering, people who were passing by, people cheering us, supporting us, like we were cyclists. It was crazy, very fun. <laughs> We saw a lot of old people, young people, even kids of like uh, seven, ten years climbing those hills, and uh, it was it was an amazing experience. Very very cool people, very friendly. It was really amazing. Yeah, I hope I hope you can you can live up more experiences like that. Maybe in Algarve. I don't know if 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 Algarve is. Is, is one of the races that is in your in your bucket list. Uh, or I really hope that the Portuguese is where to race will happen soon because you are improving very much. 
and uh, and I think you deserve deserve one. Well, we have Algarve that uh, already has a lot of World Tour teams and uh, almost is like a World Tour race, almost. But yeah, it would be amazing to have a World Tour race here in Portugal or maybe some World Tour race starting in Portugal. For example, mm. Vuelta. It would be very Yeah, cool. yeah, it would be very logical. Yeah. I think there were rumors about it a few, few, few years yeah, ago. before COVID. But then came COVID and... Uh, Thing went to Netherlands, so it was like this. But yeah, maybe someday. Yeah, I hope so. Um, so today we're gonna talk about three teams, basically. Uh, Francis de Jeu will be the first one, then Ajde Desert and uh, some parts, the climbing part of Antarmarché. Uh, before we started, there is a disclaimer that I have to tell all of you, dear listeners. So as you might have heard, we are we are non-native English speakers. So we we absolutely try our best to 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 provide you uh, everything and and all the best. But if you hear any any kind of foul language, uh, we are sorry for that, and we try to minimize that <laughs> as much as we can. Uh, so uh, let's start with Rupama FTG, uh, who had. I think we had a great season uh, with 19 victories. Uh, seven of them came from Arnaud Demar, but there were victories from David Godu at Algarve, Thibaut Pinot, uh, the recovery ride from, from the veteran French rider. I think it, it got really, really, it got into a really good direction this year. And also from from some of the younger riders, including Valente Madua. But let's start first with the sprinters and Arnaud Demar. Uh, seven wins, uh, point jersey in zero. Is this the most that he could he could deliver this season? Well, Demar was very very regular. He was amazing at Giro, did a very good Giro, won points jersey, no ups, clearly. And he was present in sprints almost all the season. His beginning of the season wasn't very good, but when he started Giro, he was like very good, very consistent. But at the same time, he was beaten by a lot of other sprinters, like Cocard, Muse, Tishan, Philipson... Ewan, among others, Jakobsen, among others. Because of that, I don't consider him one of the best. You know, he is very good. He's like top five sprinter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, top 10, top five. He's, a, he's right there. But um, I don't put him in the first three sprinters of this season, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Although he was very regular and deserves, it's a positive season for him. Definitely positive one, and actually, in sprinter field, I guess there was there is such a such a stacked uh, peloton right now. Like you can mention eight or ten riders who can absolutely win in ev in any day. Uh, anyone can beat literally anyone, but I think Rutin had him a lot to to make the peak to Giro. Uh, to have to to deliver his best performance there, and uh, yeah, a good lead out had him also. Yeah, exactly. 
very good lead out in my opinion one of the best of the season but even with a good lead out sometimes I'll remember for example a classic in Belgium where he had an amazing lead out but then Arnaud Lee beated him very very cleanly so you know he was good but at the same time I was betting a bit much a bit more of him just a little bit and and, and the worrying sign was there that that this lead out was <clears throat> it was really really in one piece for for many seasons now like like the names of Scotson uh Sinkadam and and Guarnieri they are like together for like several years now and and still there were some some times when when it didn't click <laughs> when it clicked it was perfect but otherwise I have to agree with you that Demar just couldn't deliver when he got lost. Um, I have to ask you what now, because because we all know that uh, that both Guarnieri and Sinkadam are leaving the team. Uh, Guarnieri goes to to Lotto, which will be which will not be a Grand Tour team next season as it stands currently. Currently, um, we don't know where Sinkadam goes, so that's that's still a question mark. But what will be, how will his lead-out train look like next season? Well, he's going to have a bit of problems at the beginning because they were very, uh, they knew each other very well. It was very, very cooperative lead-out. But he has some good other options, like for example, Uizeski is able to go- put good spaces. Pope Newey already helped Demar in some sprints this season, and Sam Watson can also have a good lead out. So, you know, they aren't as experienced rider as the other two, but at the same time, they can help Demar. We will see. You know, there is always that uh, thing will it work? Probably at first there will be some problems, but I'm confident that they will manage that. And obviously, um, these riders that you mentioned, like both Askey, uh, Watson, or Jake Stewart. Yeah, Jake Stewart, exactly. uh, This whole British contingent, uh, they will all have their own chances. So so it can't be that Demar goes to all of the races. Yeah. but they, they will have their own chances and still uh, can help enough uh, to Demar uh, for their for their goals. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a very interesting situation that they they have to solve. And obviously, um, I think it's gonna be the biggest test to Ardo on Demar's career. Actually, I don't know if you if you agree with this opinion. Uh, he had already some tests, like for example that Bohani rivality on the same team. But yeah, it will be a test. He was used to have those lead out guys. He will have some. I don't want to say inexperienced, but they're very young, and uh, you know they're not used to do as much lead outs as the other guys. So yeah, it will definitely be a test for Demar and for FTJ. Let's see how it works. But uh, I think that uh, on other stages where Dermart isn't isn't present, I think they will be able to do very good results. Especially Watson. 
Stewart, mm -hmm. Penue, I really like those guys. They're very fast and they're also able to pass some heal stages. So and that's really and that's really important for for FDG because 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 Demar is is not like that type of sprinter and he will get worse uh, during the next years yeah. in in coming to sprints. Like Demar will be really good in in, in flat stages. Um, he can tackle kills um, if it comes to like in a party tour sense. So like like small hills, he's okay. Exactly. But but when it comes to like, I'm not gonna say proper hills because because <laughs> what do you call proper? Tougher, <laughs> tougher, a little bit tougher. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, a little yeah. bit tougher is it's 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 not good for him. So so and that's what what Stuart can do, Watson can do, Brown Watson can do. So so it's gonna be gonna be a great great test for him. But if he takes it, then he can. He can have the same results as as he had in 2022. So, so I have kind of an optimistic uh, end to to this Demar section. Yeah, I agree with uh, you. Of him, of him being 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 a good 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 rider, and and having a good 2023. Um, let's move on to the climber section because 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 that's that's where things get interesting. Um. David Godu. Um, my first question about him is, is might be a bit provocative, <laughs> in a sense. So, at this current time, like fifteenth of October, twenty twenty-two, do you think that David Godu will win a Grand Tour in his life? Yeah, it's quite provocative. Uh... <laughs> Hard to say. Honestly, that was my that was my intention. Nah, you know, nah, so. nah. It's very good question. No problem. Very good question. It's hard to say. I honestly don't think he will ever win a Grand Tour. Sorry for the French, but maybe Sivako. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, you think Sivako will win? Will nah, win earlier uh, than? No, honestly, no. Because we have very very talented riders. You know, Godu is very good, but. His time trail isn't the best, and let's say this, time... is an, this is an understatement. Let's say that it's not the best. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, exactly. And uh, sometimes he isn't that consistent. Although I feel he's a consistent rider, but you know, maybe he will do a podium. I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised. I know, I'll be a little bit surprised, but that is possible. But winning a Grand Tour, I find it very difficult right now. After this year's Tour, actually, I'm a, I have to agree with you. Like, before this year, I was I was really negative, even about the podium chance. Because, yeah, time trial is... It's, it's not really there. Yeah. Like, it's seriously not there. But... But I think he has evolved he in climbing a bit, and and this little little upgrade in in climbing level has has enabled him to to fight for podium. There are still levels in even in climbing that he needs to take. I think one of his weaknesses 
are like really long climbs. For example, uh, we know that that Tour de France route uh, didn't come uh, until the the release of 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 the podcast, but but Côte de la Lose is is rumored next year for for twenty twenty three, and and I fear that this is that will be a climb where Godu can lose a lot of time. Yeah, we will see. I mean, he's very good at punch stages. I remember that win at Criterio do Dauphiné where he was very bad positioned, but he was so fast and won that stage. Wood and was, the, same Algar- was, and yeah, the same in Algarve. Same at Algarve, yeah. exactly. But uh, at long climbs, it's as you say, sometimes he isn't the best. But he's improving. He's still young. He's 26, I think. 26. Yeah, 27. 27, 27, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's still a lot of time for him. You know, he's starting to be at his peak. I mean, he's in his prime. And the victory of a Grand Tour, I don't I don't think that, but maybe a podium, why not? Um there might be there will be riders uh helping him in his quest to to the podium. And let's start with Michael Storer. Um, I'm not gonna lie to 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 the listeners. We have talked a lot about Michael Storer before before <laughs> the recording of our podcast. Um, Michael Storer is a really interesting guy. So he's he's can be a legend sometimes when he's he's really good, but this season he hasn't shown this status. Yeah, Michael Storer, you know. Uh, he helped a bit to go do on the tour, of course, but other than that, he appeared in some stages. He was second in Alps, I think. He was it, he did a good performance there. But other than Alps, I was expecting a bit more of him. He had some freedom in some stages, so it wasn't like he had to work for the other guys. And um, yes, yeah, Torer, we will see in the future. He's still a good. Um, a good help for Godou, no doubt about that. Although he wasn't the major help for Godou, in my opinion, Madoua and even Pinot were a bit better than him. But um, he's a good rider. Let's see how, how he will develop next season. Maybe the riders tend to have a little bit more trouble in adapting new teams. But um, I'm not f- very sure about Storer, to be honest. Mm. Um, two two things to mention there, um, that ops stage, or that ops over GC result where he confirmed this his second place. Uh, I remember that last stage really well. It was to a very very steep climb, and Thor went really good. So that makes me think that that he is he's really good in in punchiness, just like just like Godu. So in this sense, they are kind of the same. Only that he's obviously less experienced than the French. And and the second thing is that it was really weird from FDG not using him more or or not not enabling him more to 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 be more free. So it was kind of weird for me. I don't know if you agree with yeah, me. He could have uh, go for to a Vuelta, for example. I mean yeah. He, yeah. he did one Grand Tour. It's only Tour de France where he helped Godou. 
But other than that, they could use it him a bit more. He also did the classics races, but uh, he got 10 at Emilia. But other than that, no big results. It was a bit mis misuge story this mis season. That that's a very good that's a very good point. He was he was absolutely misused, but honestly, um, as his peak went really to 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 ops around ops, I would have uh, sent him to Giro, for example. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, we know we knew that in Giro they went all in for Demar and it paid off, but still for Walter, for example. Uh, story would have been a, a good hub. Like, like it seemed that they 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 had a good they had a good relationship yeah, uh, but... within the team. At least I have heard it. So, <laughs> so, so it would have been a, a better idea. Uh, we don't know that. We will only know next year how he how he will handle the pressure because he will have. Much more pressure to perform after such a such a bad twenty two, in a sense. Yeah, I agree with you. He and Walter did very well at Tour de Alps. It was like their biggest performance of the season, and they could have done a good duo like breakaway duo in a Giro. Could be interesting, but they didn't option for that, so mm. it was what it was. We will see at the future how things will go. I'm not very confident on Stora, mm. to be honest, but we will and see. And how confident are you in Thibaut Pinot? And how confident... Mm, even <laughs> How confident are you in, in his recovery journey? Well, this season was, you know, was better for him. You know, he was a bit more consistent. He did top 20 in both Tour and Vuelta. Uh, but still, you know, I think it's very hard for him to will ever be the Pinot that almost won the Tour. If, if I think if he, he didn't have that injury, he would have won that Tour, mm -hmm. in my opinion. He was super strong. But, you know, life is hard. And, uh, that that life, last three difficult. stages that year would have really, really... Would have been really, really good for him. And, yeah, you... In that moment when when he when he stopped pedaling, uh, in retrospect, now uh, I could say that it was it was a career. Be it was not only the race being over, but it was his his prime, and in a sense, his career being over. Yeah. Even though he's still pedaling and he's still winning races, which is absolutely insane and and amazing after after so many serious injuries. Um. Yeah. Um. What is the next goal for him? I mean, he still has, I think, one big goal: winning. Uh, winning a Grand Tour stage next year. I think it's yeah. it's it's the ultimate goal that he needs to take, and then I think, uh, retirement isn't out of question actually for him. Uh, it's hard to say, you know. Grand Tour stage, I mean, for sure. He tried a lot this season. I remember him being very active at Tour, at Vuelta. Although at Vuelta, in my opinion, the stages didn't suit him very well. Especially third week stages mm -hmm. weren't that hard. And Pino likes hard stages. Oh, and yeah. uh, 
you know, he did an amazing victory at the Alps, for example, where um, the day after he was beaten by Lopez on, uh, you know, that almost, almost he won, but Lopez won. He was very, very ah, yeah. sad about that uh, as normal, but he was strong and uh, was able to win next day. He almost won also at uh, Tour, the stage that Bobby Ongles won. And I see him as a stage hunter right now at this phase of his career. I would also like to see him fight for the mountain jersey at Tour, for example. You know. It is a, it is yeah, a real option. Very good yeah, option. yeah you're, I agree with you. I agree with you very much. This is a, this is a real option. And, and as I, I'll say it again, next year we'll have a Tour as mountainous as we have we have rarely seen like six or seven mountain top finishes rumored we will know it in two weeks time i guess uh but if it's true i think pino really will try and go for it pino likes that pino likes top mountain fishes it's like his best and uh, i see him being a stage hunter that can fight for mountains for this mountain mountain jersey. We will see him work also for Godiu. I mean, he did some work, yes, in tour. I remember him doing some help. But fighting for a GC, I think, uh, sadly, it's over. I, I really like Pino. I mean, he was one of my favorite riders. <laughs> and he still is. I still, yeah. I still like, like him very much. But uh, it's hard, man. It's hard. With the talent that we have now, it's very hard. Oh, it's 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 incredibly it's incredibly difficult. Like like all the young guns and yeah, I hope I hope that 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 he will he will he enjoys riding. I I just I just hope that that he enjoys doing doing cycling and and he will do it for for many years, despite of of the physical pain that that he still might have. Uh, in those legs. He's 32. I mean, you said about retirement. You're right. I also don't think we will see him much more seasons, but we'll see what future will show us. I hope he still is able to succeed in winning one stage in a Grand Tour, especially Tour de France. I mean, it would be very, very good for him and it would be very, very meritful. Yeah. Um... Classics. Um, let's start again with the provocative question. I know you know I, I like them. Let's go. Uh, who will win? Yeah, who will win a monument first? Uh, Stefan Kung or Valentin Madua? Well, for me, Valentin Madua. You know, both did had an amazing classics season and were very good at monuments. Very good. But Mad was, for me, he was like the revelation of FDJ this season. He was tremendous in the classics. He was top 10 at Tour. He never did a top 10 in a Grand Tour. And he was top 10 in a great level Tour. He was amazing. Helping David Godou. And he's a guy who has a good punch. Climbs well. Sprints well in small groups. And likes cobbles. So, for me... That's the, <laughs> the ingredient. All the ingredients are there for him to win a, a monument, and I. It's think crazy. He can like, do that someday. Like you have, you have listed all the ingredients that 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 a perfect rider has. Actually, yeah. In a sense, Valentin Madua is 
is is like the archetype of of the perfect perfect rider. Um, he does everything, and he even has a good good uh, good speed on flat. So not as good as Stefan Kung yeah. has, obviously. But yeah, um, if you have asked me um, before the season, I would have said Kung without me any too. doubt. Yeah. And maybe I, I, I would say him as well, just because uh, he has improved so much in in climbing. Amazing to see. Like we have seen in, we have seen in Algarve that he, maybe the pace wasn't that high, maybe it was headwind, which obviously helps uh, the pack staying together. But but Kung was brilliant there. And and he showed this brilliance in, in the spring classics as well. Uh, he was really consistent, but but my problem obviously is that that he didn't win. Yeah. And it's seriously a problem uh, for him that he he's always there. He's always in top ten. Like like being in top eight at at Dwarfdorf Flanderen. E3 Classics, Ronde, Amstel, Paris-Roubaix. These are like five different types of races, and he was so brilliant in all of them. And yet, he was so far away from the victory in all of them that it it just hurts me. Yeah, Kung was was amazing. He was his best classic season by far. His time trial wasn't his best season. I think he only won point two Charan's chrono. But uh, we will see. Maybe he'll tomorrow win Chrono des Nations Chrono. But still, he didn't win a Chrono. And, uh, well, we will see. He's a great, great time triest. Very good in classics. And I think he might win someday paris Ruby. I'll leave you here this. Might win paris Ruby mm-hmm. someday. Mm-hmm. So that's take you are probably, probably going to say here that... Stefan Kung Paris Roubaix in the next I don't know three years. Yeah, he's twenty eight. It's yeah big time. Yeah. Prime three, time. Three, three to five to five years. Yeah. Oh, let's do it. Okay, you have heard it, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, actually, I I I wanted to say he will win Ronde. So it's so, also suits him. If he would do, if he would do the Ronde Roubaix double. Oh, that would be, that would be crazy. Uh, but there are other riders in the classics uh, segment who did really well. Um, one is Kevin Janit, uh, the the Luxembourg-based rider, um, who who was a helper for for many years for King. We have seen that he was the la- always the last man who who was there with Stefan at those big races. But this season, it was by far uh, the best one, I guess. Um, maybe not in terms of result, but but he was always there, and I remember that always. Like his bad luck was always there, uh, and it prevented him from from doing things, uh, from achieving more during the course of the season. But but we have seen. Uh, 
at the Worlds, for example, where he was in the group fighting for the silver medal. And in such a demanding course, uh, from a 193 rider, like he's hiding 193, uh, normally these riders won't climb that much, that well. So they won't climb that well as Ejanis does. Ejanis did also an amazing season, very impressive. I remember him at uh, up to his climb, him being with uh, Godou, he still was like... Uh, Half of the middle of the mountain, he was still there. He was very good. He also did an amazing tour of Luxembourg, helping Madouas and also having a good performance. He's a great helper and um, he's still young. And I think he can also be a good rider next season for some good top 10 results in maybe some classics. Um, we will see. He was amazing in the worlds for sure. His finish season was very, very good. It was his best finish season so far. It it was it was really impressive. It was really impressive. And if if it's a sign of, of what's coming next season, then then Kevin Janitz is one of the riders that we really have to look out for, because 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 he's gonna be really great. Um. We have to talk about the transfers because because I believe that FDG had one of the most interesting transfer seasons, not only during this season but maybe from all time, because they haven't signed anyone from from outside. They have only strengthened then their team by the Continental team, which is a really I think this is the best under twenty three team in exactly, the world. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so they have signed uh, Lorenzo Germani, uh, Roman Gregoire, uh, the extremely young and really good Lenny Martinez, uh, Enzo Palini, uh, Lawrence Pitti, Robin Thompson, and Sam Watson, who we have mentioned earlier. Um, and they have let Jensen Florey go to Apisin uh, de Koning. I think this was a mistake, but I'm not going to open this topic. <laughs> um, who do we think will be the best in their Neo Pro season? All of them are very talented riders. All of them did very good seasons at the, at the under 20 level. You know, FTG Conti team is fantastic. Lenny Martinez, for me, might be the better one. In the climbs, for sure. He is very, very, very good climber. Uh, typical cli- poor climber. Small guy, short, slim, but uh, amazing in climbing. We also have uh, Roman Gregoire, who is very good at uh, the classics and also climbs very well. He is perfect for Ardennes classics. He is very solid on that terrain. And uh, we have Ruben Thompson, also another good climber that was very regular during this season and helped, uh, for example, Lenny Martinez winning Val de Aosta. It is an, an, an important under-23 race. You know, Sam Watson, we already talked about him. He also did some uh, races for the senior team and uh, typical classic rider that sprints well and passes well some hill stages. And, uh, you know, the other guys are also quite good. Yeah. 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 Um, and they will, they will really, really, uh, 
they will be a really good addition and some as some great riders are also leaving the team uh including long time uh fdg member uh sebastian reichenbach and and obviously hungarian champion attila water is is leaving also to jumbo visma uh, which is obviously great. Uh, <laughs> as a Hungarian, I can say that it, it's it's a it's a really great achievement that he's in Jumbo Visma. But I think FDG will before the transfer season. I I thought that FDG will miss him a lot. Now with these young guys stepping up into World Tour level, I think his replacement is is more yeah, than you know. Reichenbach was very very solid on the team. He. I remember him doing very good exhibitions in Giro, climbing Stelvio some years ago in Zoncolam. Later seasons of him weren't as as good and he also didn't help as much as he was used to help. So, you know, a new refreshment of the team was needed. And Walter, yeah, Walter is a good rider. He did very good in the Alps, as we said before. And he goes to Jumbo Visma. I you know Jumbo Visma for me is the best team right now. So having an Hungarian rider on the best team of World Tour is an achievement. And congrats to you and to, for your nation. It's all credit. All credit. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> and um, yeah, we, he, yeah. We, they will have uh, very talented riders. Martinez, Thompson, even Greg Ward. Both of the three climb really well. I see a very bright future for this FTG team if he if they keep on this team and keep doing well, as I think they will for sure do. Yeah, uh, that was a fitting conclusion for for FTG, I guess. Uh, let's turn to other Citroen team. Um, uh, Twelve wins this season. Uh, four came from Mark Sarrow. Which might be a bit of a surprise to to those who don't know FDG why the Saro was the the winningest rider this year. The Saro is, uh, and I'm starting in medias rest with with him. Uh, Saro is 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 the type of rider who is who is shining in those French like 1.1 slash 2.1 races, but never really achieves anything in in World Tour, which is kind of sad because because he's a great rider, and he's. He's great if you if you want to keep your team in work to level, you have to sign Mark Sorrow because because he will deliver points to your team. Exactly, exactly. You said it perfectly. Saro, he was second in the Cup of France behind Julian Simon. So, you know, he was very, very consistent during the season in French races. He also didn't race as much outside of France, but it's normal because he was fighting for the French Cup, so of course. But uh, he's a good sprinter. He gives points to the team, as you said before. Other than that, it's not that much. He's a good sprinter that gives points to the team and uh, can maybe can help the other guys in the more important races, for example. Although he doesn't have the much opportunities yeah. to ride in, for example, a Grand Tour. But, uh, you know, AG2R doesn't have that much of a sprinter, so maybe try to put Saro in the Tour de France as a, a cool leader of the team, you know. Could be a possibility. I think they could they could try him. Like, if, if he's so so good, and he's, he's 
29 so so we can say he is in his prime i guess then then i think he's worth a try next year um but seeing that seeing how how montaigne's all grand tours will be it's gonna be a tough choice of of which grand tour will they send him and uh and if he can perform well enough that that they can say that it was worth it like yeah mark you did it really well yeah, he's um he could get the chance at least uh, in one grand tour you know there is always a tour a grand tour where the teams usually don't bet as much as in the other so why not put Saro there to see what he does could be an option yeah exactly um let's focus now on on the main star of the team let's say uh Benoit Kosnefri uh i don't know if he if he had uh, a great season of not i'm 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 undecided on this because it was really weird how he he shaped his season cuz cuz he had two peaks one around i'm still uh flash Brabantepeil uh, around April and then there was one around the World Champs but this whole fussing about uh, if he would go to the words or not I think basically destroyed the chance of him being a World Champion and I know it's a really they are really strong words but I think this was the year when he could have won the words well, the circuits clearly suited him. You know, he would, could be one of the riders fighting for a good spot. Yeah, Cosnefra had... A, I don't say it was a bad season. He had GP Montreal, you know, had some interesting results. Second in Amstel, he almost won, was beaten by Kwiatkowski in that way. I still don't know who won that race, honestly. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, still, uh, I was expecting more of him. For example, in Flash Vallon, he was already podium at that race, and uh, he was outside of top ten. Uh, other races like Liege Baston Liege clearly doesn't suit, suit him because it's too, too steep for him. And curious because he's a rider that usually does well on um, classics that are better for sprinter punchers. You know that guys who. Has a good sprint, but also has a good punch. But at the same time, he doesn't really really has that much of a sprint. He usually wins by attacking far, like he did in GP Montreal. Oh, Quebec! It so was in, it was in Quebec. Uh, Quebec, yes. Yeah. I'm always confusing those races, but yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Sorry, um, but you know, I was betting more of him. It's, it's like like he's uh, stagnating himself. He's, he isn't evolving. Hard to say what he will be for Cosnefra. He always does very well in the French races, but this year he wasn't really that good. And, uh, you know, it's like the season of AG2R. It wasn't wasn't a great season. And Cosnefra proves it that uh, there was room for much improvement. I have, I have many things to add here. Uh, first of all, I think I have made him the favorite. If, if, if it comes to predicting, you know, because... Yeah, I think yeah, we yeah, both yeah. are kind of predictors, you know. We are trying to see future. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I have predicted him for Flash. I can't remember it exactly. I have to look it up. 
but but I think Darius really suited him. Liege, um, it's not that because because it's steep, but because there are like too many climbs there and too many long climbs. I'd say it's not really long. If if we see it in its core sense, these climbs in Liege are not really really long, but they are long enough to to yeah. make uh Cosnefroa or to bring Cosnefroa into some trouble. And uh, two kilometers more climbing can can definitely affect uh the result. Um what now for him? Well it's a really good question because we can start to see a pattern that that in Grand Tours he's he's a bust. Yeah. I, I don't like to say it and and it's too early to say it like he's going to step into his prime years really soon so next year and from 2024 i guess it will be the time when he can really really shine but but it seems that in grand tours he's a bust however in in wonder races he there is always one race that he's winning like in 2021 it was it was pluie in 2022 yeah. it was quebec a monument should come, but which one and how? Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, Flesh, uh, for me, it's, it would be a perfect trade for him. Yeah, but the, he already did podium there. But that's not the monument. Liege, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, San Remo, I find it difficult at the same time because he's not much of a sprinter. And, and uh, Liege, a, it's what and, you said. And not much of a descender. Yeah, really. also. So Mohoric type win is, is yeah, kind of not for him. out of the question. Yeah. And um, Lombardy is also too stiff for him, too long, no, no chance. He is not much of a cobble rider, also. Oh, no, not really, I guess. Not really. And, um, <laughs> you know, if Flash Fallon was a monument, he could win that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it starts even Amstel. Amstel is also a good race for him. Those two races that aren't monuments but are very important classics. Mm-hmm. But monuments, monuments. I honestly don't think he will ever win a monument if he stays like this. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, I have to agree, and and we'll see how how he 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 will evolve uh, during the course of next season. Um, climbers. Well, obviously, um, we have to mention Van O'Connor as the second most important rider, uh, of the team. Um, what do we think about him? Cause, cause I feel that even though, uh, he was, his results were less impressive as in, in 2021, he still has improved a lot. Yeah, he didn't put as much of a show as in 2021, but he was very solid, but very regular. You know, he had that uh, misfortunate tour where he had that crash and uh, later he had to abandon. But other than that, that, he had a very clean season, you know, podium at Dauphiné. He was eight at Vuelta. He also did uh, another other top tens in other very important races. And I think uh, he clearly proved that he is a GC rider. And uh, 
is gives other options, gives options for the team to have a solid top 10. You know, uh, he is more of a pure climber than a time trialist. He is not as good at time trialist, but he's also not very bad at time trial. So, you know, you have the good things for him to continue securing uh, good top 10s on the important races, stage races, like, you know, Romandi, Catalonia, he, that he raced in this secure top 10, Andalusia. And uh, he's very consistent. You know, I agree with you. He didn't show as much as he showed uh, last season when he won that stage at Tour and was more, more impressive, more offensive. He was also not bad this season. He was very regular. And in terms of results, that is what the team likes. And uh, good good season for him, no doubt. And honestly, um, I considered him as being an inconsistent rider before 22. But because of what you have mentioned about, about time trialing, uh, he has improved a lot in this yeah. discipline. And only with this upgrade, he has become a more consistent rider. And, and I think from, from being inconsistent, from a consistent, is a bigger step up that he now needs to take to be from a consistent top 10 rider in GCs to a point when he consistently fights for podiums in all kinds of races, including Grand Tours. That's uh, you know that's his goal. His uh, nature uh, improvement would be that you know maybe one day maybe it's it's like uh, a bit more like no G- David Godieu is not is in another level but you know it's almost the same question because mm-hmm. we have very talented riders and uh, O'Connor is a good rider very solid for top ten but podium. I find it difficult because he also isn't the best of the best, you know, as I say. Maybe in a Grand Tour where um, there are some some riders that don't go, some problems, yeah, he can do a podium. But other than that, he will be, a very, he will be one of those riders that will be very consistent, very secure, but hard to say that they will ever do... A top three, a top three, top three mm. podium. Yeah, that was a, that was a painful statement, <laughs> to be honest. I, I felt I felt <laughs> the pain in saying that. Oh my gosh, no! Like, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, generally I, I I agree. Um, the reason why I I don't think that O'Connor is gonna podium soon, let's say, in yeah. the near future, is that the lack of of climbers in Arja Desert. Also, that's also, a real issue, yeah. and that's when the rumors come with with the signing of Nairo Quintana, because <laughs> we have heard that uh, we have heard several rumors. One was that they are actively uh, contacting him and trying to to snatch him uh, from Arkea, and the other one said that they haven't even tried it. But how good fit? Uh, how good of a fit Nairo Quintana would be for this team, knowing that that there are no other like pure climbers uh, in this team. Yeah, 
yeah, if, if Quintana eventually goes to a G2R, it would be a little bit same situation as he faced in Arkea. Like, he's the leader, but he doesn't have much support. You know, remember in Arkea he had Barguil and Gesbert uh, sometimes, but other than that, Arkea is more a classic team. A G2R, it's a bit uh, also the same. They have O'Connor, who is a solid GC rider, but other than that, they don't have much. They had Champoussin, who was a good climber, but is going to Arkea. And Parent Painter had a very bad season. So it would be a little bit the same thing as he faced in Arkea for Quintana. And uh, I don't see him working for O'Connor, for example. O'Connor working for Quintana, maybe, maybe. I don't see that. yeah. Because um, Quintana, <laughs> maybe. I'm, I'm also doubtful. I'm also doubtful. But, you know, he did a very good tour. There's no doubt about that. And his season wasn't bad. And, uh, but yeah, him going to Arkea, to Arkea, to AG2R, would be a little bit as the same as he faces in uh, Arkea. That is lack of uh, riders to support him. Uh, uh, but only if AG2R signs other good climbers, that things can improve for him and for O'Connor, who also needs good uh, support on the mountains. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, well, finally, I can say that we could, in AG2R, we could see the February Quintana being like, <laughs> being like as good as ever <laughs> as, it, as it was in Arkea. <laughs> But yeah, you mentioned that that Ajdezer is more of a classic team. But if you look at the squad right now, the main classic riders like Greg Van Avermaet and and Oli Nazan, let's say, they were the two like cornerstones of this team. Yeah. Um, that generation is is slowly but surely going out. And personally, I don't see any replacement to that. And this is what makes me really, really worried about the team. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, Avermaet, Nissan, they were competitive. They did some okay results, but no victories. Stan Wolf, that was also a good helper, didn't done much, and he's leaving the team. You also have Kamejan, who had another horrible season at the team. Uh, the, the, they also had Godon, who is also a good classic rider, but was also a bit short this season. And as you said, we don't see much replacement. You know, they only signed two riders, two young riders, Bastien Trochon, who won a very good stage against Sivakov. That was a, that was a brilliant. Burgos. That was, was a brilliant finish. One of the one of the best finishes of the year, and and one of the upsets yeah. of of this whole year. Like literally, I haven't yeah. even heard of him. Like it's it's really rarely happens that a rider who I haven't heard of because I, I, I really try to invest myself into the under twenty three categories, uh, this year, and I have never seen his name popped up in anywhere. And and then like I remember I was on holiday, <laughs> and and like scrolling the results and I saw that like who 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 has won this stage like Bastian Tronchon <laughs> like gosh, yeah. Um, he can be a dark horse next year. Yeah, maybe. He usually raced in amateur races in France and then goes and beats Sivakov. You know, very impressive. He was also good in the Tour of Luxembourg. You know, he secured a top 20. 
you know, isn't bad. As you said, he could be a dark horse next, next season, maybe. You know, because other than that, they don't have much. The other rider they sign is Alex Baudin, who is also a young rider. But we will see, you know, art to tell right now. And um, they also have an, a very interesting rider that is a little bit uh, unfocused. That is Clément Berthe, mm -hmm. who did the uh, top 15 at uh, San Sebastian and at Lombardy. He is young and uh, he has potential to be maybe a helper or a, like a, you know, duo with Cosnefra for Flash Fallon. And uh, as he climbs better than Cosnefra, can also be good for the Ardennes, you know, like Liège. You know, he can be an interesting rider for the next season, but... Other than that is, as you said, the AG2R Team Classic block really needs some refreshment, and uh, they don't seem to put it that much refreshment on the on the, um, on the squad. Bote is a really interesting one because he started this whole whole cycling, like whole professional cycling, pretty late, as I remember. Um, he he got into the team, I think, last year. I, I first uh, recognized him at at Luxembourg, as well as this year he has he has done really well. Uh, last year he also done it well, I guess. Um, and and yeah, as you say, he's he's kind of a he's kind of a, uh, a dark horse. Also, uh, he can also yeah. do well in in several stages and maybe he can help to to o'connor to a sensing grant i expect yes, him yes, i expect yes. him who to start one one tour next year um two riders to to no one rider actually uh to mention more bob jungas um he has been a good he has had a good season and he's now leaving the team um <laughs> how much of a loss uh will it be for or let's say stage aspirations for for Granter, because we know Jungas is more of a more of a stage hunter at this point than a than a GC rider or a top ten rider at GC. Yeah, for Jungas, you know, it was one of the dresses that saddened me most because he went to Ag Desert when no almost nobody believed in him, and finally he managed to get a bit of shape and leaves to Bora. I think it's bad for the team and bad for the rider because in Bora, he doesn't have much space. He will work for the other riders because Bora squad is amazing. I really like a Bora squad. And uh, I only see him as a helper and maybe have some freedom in some minor races. But other than that, I think we won't see him doing another almost top 10 at Tour. He was, the, he was 12. And on a stage, you know, very impressive performance by him there. I wasn't expecting that. And yeah, it is a, a big loss for uh, Ajay Désert and also for him. I, If I was him, I wouldn't do that. I would go, you know, if I had to win, I would live for a team that had me more options. But at the same time, you know, we don't know the salary and uh, those things that, you know, also matter. <laughs> it so... matters a lot. It matters a lot. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. So it is what it is. I'm quite, I was, I was but kind yeah. of angry of him because, like, he could have been a legend there. Like, like coming back from from such a heavy injury, winning stages, uh, wearing the colors. But I guess um, 
others have to do it. Others have to do the, his job uh, in 2023. Um, yeah, so so I think we have finished Aja Desert. And let's move on to, to the final team. Um, to one section of the final team, basically, because Antar Marche had such a great season that we will investigate their their wonder what is the key to their success in in many parts now with nuno we are gonna talk about their climbing uh squad basically which doesn't consist of of many riders but they did amazing things this year and i don't know if you if you totally agree with you 100 percent a thousand percent they were Absolutely amazing on all levels. And uh, talking of the climbers, you know, Pozo Vivo, Mentes, Irte, Rota, you know, it was uh, amazing, amazing by them. And um, I wanted to start first with Pozo Vivo, you know, Pozo Vivo. Uh, yeah, okay, that's the problem. Let's start or, with Domenico, you know, yeah. The, you're the manager here, you know. No, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Pozoviva definitely deserves it because Antamashi liter- literally saved his career. And uh, and he he really, really made sure that, that Antamashi did a really, really amazing job by, by signing him. And there is a, there is a, there is a word saying that, uh, he aged like fine wine, exactly. you know, and he will be 40 <laughs> in November and he's still doing extremely great. Yeah. He had an horrible crash, you know, even life-threatening crash, I, I think. And, uh, you know, it's, it looked like he was going to retire. He had no contract, but still, Intermarché believed in him and uh, he was amazing. He was uh, eighth at Giro, you know, amazing performance by him. How I I still can't imagine how like like not because because I I didn't trust in him, but because because it was it was such a remarkable. It was it was such a remarkable. It was impressive. Uh, you know, I think nobody was expecting him for being as good as he was this season, because not only Giro, he also was good. For example, at Swiss, secured the top ten. At Vuelta, he wasn't that good, but you know. It happens. And he had an incredible end of season with the classic campaign in Italy. He was top ten in all of the in all of the races he participated, except for Lombardia where he crashed and he had to abandon. But he was fifth in Agostoni, third in Emilia, eighth in Varesine, you know, for a rider who had an horrible crash and was almost retired at the beginning of the season, you know. Amazing, amazing by him. He was also 15 in Valon. Uh, I wasn't expecting this performance by him. He was very impressive. And he is a rider that is out of contract. So, And he is, hasn't announced and he is going to retire. So somebody, please sign him because we need Pazovic <laughs> one more year. He's, he's still, he still has, I think, at least one, but rather two good years uh, ahead of him. Um, I think that not even the Giro one, but the um, Giro dell'Emilia one was the most impressive ride from him. Because it was the end of the season. Legs were already like tired. Like after 60 race days, you know, it's it's always 
It's always the legs that remain decides those races, not only form or not only the skills. And and the way how Puzo Evil went, uh, he had a great shot of winning that race with, with Pogacar in Peloton. And and this fact alone is is what makes things incredible for yeah. him. Yeah. Absolutely. He was impressive. And it looked like he was going also on the descent because at Vuelta we didn't see him much. But no, he was amazing. Uh, you know, surprises me a lot. And as I said before, please sign him. Somebody. He deserves. <laughs> um, another brilliant rider was Louis Mentes, um, who has won races after seven years. Um, this fact alone uh, is brilliant. But he had the best season of his life. Uh, with two top 11s in Grand Tours and a podium at Sicily Tour, um, how do we how do we evaluate him? Um, did a flood? So so there was a gate inside him, I believe, that just like broke when he won uh, his race in Apennino, and then he gained so much confidence that it. It, it led him to, to those good results at the second half of the season. Yeah, Mentes was amazing, you know. For me, the best rider of the team. He, a guy who secures a sixth place at Dauphiné, then goes to, to Tour and uh, very aggressive, very competitive, finished eighth place overall. And we saw him very much in breakaways. I remember that stage where... Um, McNulty absolutely destroyed the peloton. Manchester was uh, attacking, was in was escaped intermediary without uh, any riders to help. He had the help of Zimmerman, but then Zimmerman couldn't do much, and Manchester was alone. And uh, when the Pogacar, McNulty, and and uh, Vingegaard catched him, I thought, well, he's now he's going to lose mm -hmm. a lot of time, and uh, maybe his top ten will be difficult. But no, he survived it. He climbed it very well. He managed to do well with the riders that were before them, a little bit before them. And uh, he secured ninth in that in that stage. It was like epic, epic performance by him. I wasn't expecting him that doing that. And then he goes to Vuelta, where he wins the stage. You know, the stage that I was there watching, the Nava stage. You know, epic, epic. Seeing him climbing on the last K epic moment and he finished almost in top 10 in the 11th place but you know he deserved the top 10 to my in my opinion and mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, one of the riders of the season in my opinion because of everything it was a rider who we thought would be already in the descent of his career maybe retirement soon and then he comes on his next in sec in his second season in Intermarché and does this amazing season, amazing. He was he was he was washed, he was washed mentally rather than rather than physically. But but literally when 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 that gate was broken, like as I said, it was brilliant. Like I I remember from the tour, I I, I mostly remember from for his Abdues ride. Yeah, Pitcock was was unbeatable that day. What, but Mentes, uh tried his best to to stay with him as much as he could, 
and and that second and the second place that day uh, also really helped him achieving that top ten at the race. So, so I think I think everyone can be really satisfied uh, with him and with the African direction. Like you know, there is this African core with with Girmay and and Manchas. I think Intermarche uh, can be a favorite team for for most of the African African people, and I think it is really important of of investing this territory, and then to bring more talented riders uh, from these areas. Like I literally thought that, for example, Tesfacion will sign for for Intermarche, but we know that he went to track, but other South African or Eritrean as they are like the two leading nations in Africa, uh, will soon sign uh, with the team, I guess. Yeah, you talked about Eritrea and uh, South African, but I want to give you an Ethiopian rider, well, well, Iberhe of Education First Continental Team. He was he did a good avenir and did a good uh, under twenty three season. He's a talented rider. Climbs well, and maybe someday we will see him in a team like Intermarché, you know, for example. Intermarché was perfect, and, uh, you know, Girmay, other people who <laughs> talked about him, but, you know, it was epic what yeah. he did this season. Was epic, yeah. absolutely. Mench is fantastic, and uh, clearly a team that uh, can support very well the African riders, so keep doing that Crazy, good yeah. for him. Uh, for the listeners, I have to tell that Velayagos Bere uh, have signed with Bike Exchange until 2025. So so we won't see him for a while at Antomache, but but I hope they will sign him. Uh, <laughs> I hope they will sign him for one day. One day. Um, let's talk about Lorenzo Rota uh, as, as, as one of the final uh, riders for, for this episode. Um, he's destined to win some grand races one day. I hope it's gonna happen uh, this year. It didn't happen. Will it happen in the future? Yeah, I know about Berhe. I I didn't know that he already signed with Bike Exchange. I forgot about that. But you know, <laughs> great, great. It's perfect. You know, it, it, Bike Exchange is also a good team for him. And, uh, you know, another great talent of African rider riding in World Tour. So, great. And uh, now, talking about Rota, you know, Rota was one of the most regular riders of this season. You know, perfect for me. He was like uh, almost top 20 in almost uh, all classic races. He was very, 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 very regular. One of the most regular riders of the season. And... uh, he always came a little bit short in terms of victory. He won Saskatura and one stage very well, a top climb stage. He also proved that he can climb well because in that stage we have top mountain stages, two top mountain stages, and he climbed well, although the competition wasn't as strong as it used to be in other races, but you know, still good performance by him. And I think he's still a young rider. You no, know, he's 26, you know, not that young, but he still has a lot to do. And, uh, you know, this season was his best season. He didn't have much wins, but had great results. And uh, looking at the progress next season, we might see him having 
a little bit more wins. I believe he can do that because he gained experience. He gained confidence also. Confidence is very important. And I can see him being one of the... He's already an, an important rider for the team. He can clearly be one of the most important riders of the team in classics. Totally agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. And if you see see the consistent development, like like in world ranking places, like he was outside the four hundred in twenty nine, uh, outside the one fifty in twenty twenty, and now he's inside the top fifty riders of the world. Uh, we can say that that twenty three twenty twenty three can clearly be uh his year um as you say so so i'm expecting a lot of great things from from this italian rider um um so so one more rider uh we have to talk about is jan hirt who although he leaves the team and goes to to quick step um we need to talk about him because he's also a rider who who saved his career Intermarché. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Another one. Another one. He was amazing at uh, Giro. You know, won a stage and uh, won against uh, none other than uh, Tim Aresman, who was also one of the revelation riders of uh, this season. And uh, he finished in a very surprising sixth place overall. You know, when he was younger, he always was a talented rider but uh, especially when he was in the old CCT, CCC team the Polish team but then he went to Astana he also returned to the CCC team when it was World Tour but his results worsened and now he he's in his second he was in his second season in, the, in Intermarché he started very well by winning in Oman you know not very tough competition it's, but it's it's actually it's... difficult like not 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 the peloton yeah. was difficult but you know there were two climbs with with like average 10 percent gradient and everyone was saying okay yeah. like masnada will easily take this race and then came here yeah. and then came maxim van hills from from lotto and they had such an epic battle i remember well <laughs> It, oh, Vok- yeah, Kevin Vauclan, yeah, yeah, he was there as well. Um, so that was a very high quality race, despite it was not a highly rated competition. It was really, really quality, and and that win really sealed the future of his whole season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we thought, oh yeah, he won in Oman. We there was good rises, but still. We don't know much, but then uh, he was perfect at Giro. You know, sixth place was amazing by him. We won, a, as I said, he won a stage. Now he goes to the, to Quick Step, Soda Quick Step. You know, he can be a great helper for Crazy. Renko, but um, it's still difficult for him because you know Intermarché is a team that. Uh, really lifts up the riders. Quickstep is also a solid team, but 
Hirt was also very good in the Polish CCC Pro Conti team, but then went to Astana and things didn't went well. So we have a bit of a doubt how it, he will adjust to the team. Quick step. He is a bit older now, has more experience, of course, but we still don't know much. He still might get a chance in some races, important races to shine, because Quickstep doesn't have really that of a lot of climbers, although they have some good ones, like, for example, Van Vader, who is very promising. And uh, I see him especially as a great helper for Rempo, and uh, as I said, having freedom in some uh, important races that where the, some main figures like Rank won't be. It's, it's, it's really, it will be really interesting to see uh, how he adapts, as as you say, uh, it's it's kind of sad that that Zdenek Stivar, his his compatriot leaves because because it would have it would have helped him a lot more. Um, I think he will fit. I'm just worried that he he won't get his own chances, even though Quickstep isn't really full of full of great pure climbers. So in its sense, here. T- would have, would have, so here it is a good choice for for a quick step, but I I don't know uh, if if he can use this chance uh, pretty well. It's gonna be really interesting dynamic, and and we we are not gonna gonna see it in the first months if it's really if it really works or if it's gonna be a failure, and maybe there is a way back for him. Like he signed for two years there. Um, he will be 33 at the time, so so still Intermarche can save his career once again. I I don't I hope it won't happen, but but I feel it's a possibility. We never so. know. <laughs> yeah, we never know. Um, and now is the time, I guess, to to turn on to the transfers, and especially to one transfer and uh, uh, Rui Costa. Uh, from Portugal. Um, why did Intermarche sign Rui Costa? This is a good question that I also thought why. You know, he's a rider that when he was in his prime uh, liked some races that uh, Intermarche also likes to have good results. Like, the, for example, the Ardennes Classics, you know, Liège, even... Amstel, he has, is also not a bad race for him, although at this time of this, his race his race career, I don't think he will be very good there. But he adapts well the Belgian classics, some of them. And although he didn't race it much, but at the same time, it's hard to tell because he's... Um, He's like on the descent of his career, and Intermarché usually lifts up this type of riders. So Rui Costa might have some chances to do some interesting things here. We'll see how he will adjust the team, but you know, giving exp- experience to younger riders for sure. But as we say, they really don't have that much of younger riders for the type of speciality that Ricosta is better. You know, they have like uh, guys like Zimmerman, who is still young, Rota is still young, but not really that young. They're not like uh, under-23 riders, far from far from that. And 
I could see him as a good helper for Girmay in some races, like controlling the peloton, being like the team captain, you know. He's good on that, he's good in experience for that. But other than that, I don't see him doing much in Intermarché, but uh, for example, Asso didn't didn't see Manches doing much in Intermarché and he was amazing. I don't say Ricosta will do that, I personally don't think he'll do that because he's also older than Manches. But Pozovib is, is older than Rui Costa. But at the same time, you know, it's hard to tell, but I think he'll be more uh, uh, of a paper of a road captain that will have some good some chances in some races. Uh, that would have been my next question, actually. Like like the leader, the, like the role of leadership and the question of, of, of if he gets one. Because because as I have thought about it, like really young, really young writers, like, like Madis Mikos, whom I rate really highly. I really, really love Madis Mikos, and I will, I will tell you all later in an episode when we are we are talking about sprinters of Antarmache that that how highly I rate him. So <laughs> that's just a personal note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he beat his amazingly Groves in Tour of Estonia. Crazy, crazy good talent. So Sirikrista could cannot can't help him that much to him, and as you said, uh, Roten Zimmerman, they're. There are clearly riders who can improve, but I don't know if if Rui Costa is the one who can make him improve or make them improve, or or Ikevisbeg, the performance manager, who is who I think is is one of the keys to Antamache's uh, success story uh, in twenty twenty two. So, will he be the leader at at a at an important race? For, for the team in 2023? Or will he be an ultimate helper to achieve higher goals, let's say? Yeah, it's a very good question. You know, I think in some races he'll be a little bit of both, you know, in the sense of like, uh, he'll be like a little bit of plan B, but at the same time... Um, Really not much sure of what uh, Rui Costa will do. You know, <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Personally, you know, you have Quinton Hermans who will leave the team and is going to Alpecin. But at the same time, you know, Quinton Hermans was one of the best riders of the season. And uh, I don't see Rui Costa substituting him, you know. But at the same time, Intermarché has that aura of lifting up the riders. So... I'm very unsure about Ricosta. I wouldn't rate it as a good sign for the team. I don't think it is a good sign. For the rider, it is a good sign because he will have more opportunities, but I still don't think he will be amazing. But Intermarché has that aura of lifting up the rider, so we will see. Uh, yeah, this is this is a trend that that, that we really have to see. If if it's if it's a serious trend, and it goes through seasons, or it was just a one-off occasion, and and they found the perfect riders, of who can who can be uplifted in a sense, or 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 yeah, it was it was just a wonder, and then no, they can't do it with everyone, and and if Rui Costa will be the first victim of this. I'm gonna be a bit sad, but but yeah, not all 
what transfers can can become perfect as 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 we see in many many disciplines and in many sports so there are busts exactly. uh he might be a bust we will see um one last question to you we have talked about the let's say the past of portugal cycling because Rui costa is, is past his prime i'm sorry to say that Rui, but <laughs> but it's true but let's talk about the future um you have had a great junior season you've ha- you have two exceptional talents uh in the name of antonio morgado exactly. and gonzalo tavares um i'm not particularly asking about your opinion because i know that you're being like patriotic <laughs> and you will talk good things about <laughs> good thing i hope you will talk about you you will talk good things about them but how do the Portuguese media or the Portuguese cycling fans uh, rate them. Because what I see is that Tavares, he will be a good rider. He will be good. Let's keep it simple. But Morgado, he, I see that type of rock and roll as exactly. I see in Tadej Pogacar. You know, Morgado, did you watch the World's Juniors road race? You saw what he did. I watched the words. I watched the words. He has that uh, attacking spirit of Pogacar and Renko that is amazing. He had an amazing season also. (laughs) was very, very, very impressive, Antonio Morgado. He's very offensive, likes to attack. He climbs well, has good chrono skills. And uh, he doesn't spin bread in some some small groups, although he was beaten a lot of times in small groups. Like what happened in the worlds in the face to face against Herzog. Herzog beated him in the sprint, but he's very, very, very combative. Very, 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 very combative and, and explosive. He's like a bit of the opposite of João Almeida because João Almeida is that rider that always goes on the wheel. He always has that uh, that pace. Uh, he's always controlling, and he does that that um, recoveries that. He sometimes is able to do, other times he can't, but he's still a, a very good rider. And I think Morgado has everything to be... I leave you this. Morgado will be better than João Almeida, in my opinion. Uh, clearly better, in my opinion. If he keeps like this, I I have no doubts. I see him a lot of uh, attacking spirit of these new riders that you see now, like, for example, even Ayuso. And if he continues to improve, he's going to action. That is an amazing team. And if he continues to improve, we'll have a, a very serious contender. And uh, you talk about the Portuguese media and the Portuguese people. You know, there are there are good hopes. You know, juniors isn't as much televised and known as the World Tour, where João Almeida got a big media impact. And Antonio Morgado isn't in that, this phase, but people who know cycling and like to watch cycling and are informed us of cycling know him and there are good hopes around him also good hopes around the Gonçalo Tavares Gonçalo Tavares is a bit more of a, a helper to Antonio Morgado he's like he's he's um, his first um, his first is um, squire his squire he's like his squire and uh, they both go to action. That is an amazing team that also had uh, João Almeida. 
and uh, I think it will be very interesting to see what they will do. And I think Portugal has a bright future ahead. As a good present, you know, very good present, but we'll have an even bright future, in my opinion. Mm. I think this is this is a very, very fitting conclusion to our today's show. <laughs> so, Nuno, thank you very much for, for joining me in, in today's show and for, for sharing your thoughts and experience on, on those teams. To all the listeners, thank you all for, for tuning us. I uh, hope you like the show. And uh, we'll see each other in our next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. It was my pleasure to be here. And uh, much success to you, to this project. I think it says everything to be a success. Thank you.